Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text Hope NY in New York. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Greetings, everyone. It is Monday, November 20th, 2023, here on the Wolverine.com. Monday night show. Anthony Broom here with Chris Ballas and Clayton Safey, as we are every Monday night. And this is the Monday night of all Monday nights because this is the one that kicks off Ohio State Week after all of the noise. All after all of the, the lead up to this week, it is finally here. And it looks a, a lot different than we expected it to, given what's happened the last four or five weeks. But it is time to kick it off. We talked to Jim Harbaugh on Monday, as well as J.J. McCarthy, Blake Quorum, and Mikey Sane. We're still also heard from Sharon Moore today as well. So we will discuss all of that here coming up. But, uh, fellas, welcome back. Uh, welcome back coming off of the first road trip of the year that all three of us were a part of. So it was Good to get out on the road uh, for one last hurrah with the boys before we either, either have two games left to cover or four, guys. Uh, it's not one last because we'll be together in Indianapolis here in a couple weeks. So just a, uh, just a reminder. So, uh, But it was great, guys. Uh, you know what? They didn't play great. Uh, it happens. We've seen that from Ohio State playing Maryland a couple times before Michigan. We saw Michigan, Illinois. Uh, last year struggle. It's all about winning this time of year, guys. It, it's not about style points. Just get the W. Move on to the big one. I can't wait for Saturday. Yeah, great to get a win for this Michigan team. Jim Harbaugh called it glorious. Certainly, eleven and zero for the second straight year uh, for the first time since nineteen oh one. Nineteen oh two is a hell of a feat. So, congrats to these Michigan Wolverines. Congrats to the Ohio State Buckeyes coming in eleven and zero as well. And it should be a, a clash of titans on Saturday. Um, you know, super excited and. Can't believe we got to wait all week for this. We'll have a few basketball games and Thanksgiving to take our mind off of it, but it's going to be a long week waiting for this one. They better play better, that basketball team. I saw. I just saw that Long Beach State scored 52 points in a loss to Illinois State. Is that right? Wow. That's crazy. Yeah, that's, that's not fun. So, Yeah, be careful about uh, calling basketball a reprieve from this long week <laughs> because uh, – <laughs> That's just uh, – we'll see what happens there. Obviously, three good games before that, but the one was not so great, and and maybe we'll get to that if we have time later on. But 
It is the week of the game. Uh, before we get into the meat and potatoes of this show, though, I want to talk to you about our presenting sponsor tonight. It's our pal Susie Surma. Are you ready to buy a home? This is one of, if not the most expensive purchases you'll ever make. So having a realtor who listens and cares about your needs is crucial. Susie Surma is the right local expert for you. Susie includes a free buyer's consultation to uncover your home buying needs, maximizing experience and efficiency. You can email her today at Susie at modusre.com. Let's face it, the market has been challenging for buyers. This is a rough time if you are in the home buying market, but the critical piece that you might be missing is having the right agent and using a realtor that has that superior knowledge and negotiation skills is a key on closing in on the home of your dreams. So Susie Surma is who you should go with. Uh, not only does she know the Ann Arbor, Detroit area well, she's also a fierce negotiator that is going to get you the best possible setup for your home buying experience. So why not build equity now? Contact Susie Surma to start your customized home search today. You can call Susie at 248-767-5633 or email her at Susie at modusre.com. That's S-U-S-I-E at M-O-T-U-S-R-E.com. So thank you sincerely to our pal Susie Surma. All right, guys. Well, it we did kick off Ohio State week officially, although some would argue the second the clock hit zero on that Maryland game, attention turns to Ohio State. That's that's a, the week before, if you were able to win that game, that's when you celebrate a little bit less and turn the page right away. Michigan, of course, able to get win number 1,000 this weekend. And all eyes are now on Ohio State. We heard from Jim Harbaugh on Monday. Of course, we know he won't be on the sidelines on Saturday, so it's kind of... Uh, for him, getting his little baby birds ready to go, and then you release them on Saturday and see what they've, uh, what they're able to do and what they're able to accomplish. But, uh, fellas, I mean, I I got to tell you, I walked in a few. There was some traffic heading west on I ninety four today. It's a few minutes late uh, for today's press conference, so I'm outing myself there. But I walked in on Jim Harbaugh talking about liking his locker rooms in one piece, the same way that you would like to see your mother in a swimming suit. Uh, Put that one on the bingo board for something that comes out of Jim Harbaugh's mouth. But what did you fellas make about what we heard out of Michigan's head coach on Monday afternoon? Of course, also the yearly exodus north for the Ohio State contingent or a smattering of the Ohio State beat. Someone always gets to wear the crown of having the dumbest uh, question from that beat south of the state line. And we won't crown one publicly, but uh, of course, that was always the case as well. So just uh, always a very unique Monday, but the most unique Monday of Ohio State that we've probably covered. Yeah, I think the question was, do you expect to beat him as bad as you beat him the last two years or something like that? Yeah, like he's going to go out there. So, yeah, we expect to kick their ass just like we did the last two years, you know. Uh, but the good news is is that a lot of Michigan guys had questions, a lot of Michigan beat writers. So um, that's number one. Number two, the Ted La the, the mom in a one-piece swimsuit thing was a Ted Lasso quote, and Jim Harbaugh right. made that perfectly clear. So everybody's like, he's got the weirdest quotes. I'm like, this is, wasn't his quote. It was Ted Lasso's quote from the locker room. So, uh, you know, keep your keep your bikinis on there, guys. So, um, it's uh, so that was that, and uh, it was really an uneventful presser, guys. The last couple of years uh, have been, and that's great. Uh, you know, there was the one year I think that um, I, I can't remember any time that Jim Harbaugh has given bulletin board material um, in in this press conference or really anybody for a while. So they're very careful about what they say, and uh, but I do think that they are confident. I don't think there's any question about it going into this one. They've said they've been pointing to it all year. I really loved Clayton's story with Blake Corum. Blake has not played healthy in this game yet, and he's excited to get out there and, and show what he can do. <clears throat> and, yeah, they haven't run the ball extremely well this year, but I, I think they're due a big game, fellas. For some reason, I think they're going to be able to run the ball against these guys, even this good defense, and they're going to notch it up, uh, take it up another notch. Uh, they did it against Penn State. I think they can do it against Ohio State. Yeah, and if there's a weakness in this Ohio State defense, it'd be that a couple teams have been able to run the football on them. Notre Dame started to go that route uh, in that game. Mm -hmm. Obviously, you know, they weren't able to finish the deal at home, but there have been a few instances there. So I agree that Michigan's confident and, and they should be confident. I mean, these guys, you talk to Blake Corum, he's never lost to Ohio State. You talk to J.J. McCarthy, he's never lost to Ohio State. So there have been so many years where guys on the roster, nobody has beaten Ohio State. Now it's basically the exact opposite. Um, you know, they didn't play in 2020 and then they've won the last two. So the senior class is going to go out potentially three and zero against the Buckeyes. So 
Uh, I agree. I, I thought the dumbest question, there were a couple that got in. Um, one of them was somebody asked J.J. McCarthy uh, why Michigan's good. It explained to me why you guys are good. Um, so it's something like that. And, you know, obviously J.J. handled it perfectly, but, um, you know, it's just kind of what you get on this week. But, yeah, I mean, I think it was a whole lot of nothing. I thought that probably the, the best part or the highlight was Jim Harbaugh being asked about his level of respect for Ryan Day. Obviously, there are reports out there that, you know, he was potentially behind the private investigative firm that is basically, you know, started this NCAA investigation into Michigan. Well, Jim Harbaugh you know, basically pivoted right off of that initially and started talking about how everything other than the preparation for the Ohio State game is irrelevant this week. They got to use every minute, every hour of every day towards Ohio State. And he's right. Um, but I thought that was... Uh, very interesting. And as somebody, I think on Twitter put it, basically, Jim Harbaugh will tell you who he respects. He is not uh, afraid of, you know, talking about the other coaches or other team and how much he respects them. And he'll go on and on and on. But this one, he didn't even touch the question at all, I think, uh, which was pretty telling. And guess what? Given the circumstances right now and everything that's going on, I would not blame Jim Harbaugh one bit if he has, you know, very little respect for those guys down there. Yeah, I mean, that's uh, they did, you you always want to avoid the bulletin board material. We didn't get the the yearly question of a, you know, back in 1986, Jim, uh, or back 1986, you guaranteed a win over Ohio State. Are you willing to do that this year, or, or someone ask a player? Oh, your head coach did this back in the day. Is that somewhere you're going to go? So didn't get anything silly like that. Ron Higdon, uh, man. Yeah, well, it was a leading question. Uh, I was. was there. I remember that fondly. Uh, from Airsafe has a quick 199 super chat. It says, can Jim communicate with the team by phone during the game? No. I mean, the second those buses leave for the big house, Jim Harbaugh is not involved in that. And he, I believe he can't be involved until you know said buses leave the big house. I'm not 100% sure what the setup is, but no, he's yeah. not going to be on the sideline on an iPad facing in, you know, facing no. the team. And given the fact that they're kind of accused of maybe maybe uh, some loophole type stuff in the rules, they're they're not gonna they're not pushing it. And, and you know what? I, I don't think that they need uh, the best thing at this point is for him. Maybe I won't say not to be there, but you well, let the guys that you empower to make those decisions on Saturday make the decisions. So no, however, will not be no. communicating with the team. No, however, there is nothing in the NCAA bylaws or Big Ten bylaws about smoke signals. So if you see some smoke from a, a grill or something like that and in, in, in patterns, then maybe it's Jim firing yeah. up a steak, firing up a steak, just firing up a steak. Sharon, if you see smoke, it's run, you know, run play action or, or run the ball yeah. or something like that. You got it. Yeah. Great question yeah. there though. Air safe. Mm -hmm. Appreciate you watching. Yes, appreciate it. Um, any other notes from the Monday press conference? Obviously injuries are a big deal right now. Um, JJ McCarthy again. I'm not. I'm no doctor. Watched him walk into today's press conference. Not really a limp. Didn't at least it wasn't noticeable to me. Didn't see. Uh, didn't see a, a leg brace on or anything like that. Uh, listen, modern medicine can do some pretty spectacular things. I don't buy the idea that he's totally fine, but uh, seems like a few days off has been good for him. And I think at this point we kind of assume that he's not going to be 100% going into Saturday. But I think that. Uh, I think right now things are trending that he'll be good enough. Yeah, most guys aren't 100% this time of year, and he was banged up. We said that the morning of the game that, uh, you know, there was even a chance that he might not play in that game uh, on Friday night after, after talking to a bunch of people. At least we figured he would, you know. Uh, he wasn't even listed as questionable because he is a warrior. So um, this is a kid who is, you know what, he's been on the, the part of two two teams now that have beaten Ohio State, and uh, and I can tell you, you could just see it, right? That how badly he wants it on his face to, to be part of a team that wins three in a row. So, um, no, he won't be 100%, but I do think he'll be more mobile. We could see it, guys, in the pregame that he was limping last week. We were we noticed it, and after the game especially. But Sharon Moore did say that he said he felt better than he had in a couple of weeks. Uh, he had banged it up against Penn State. So um, now, you know what? This is the time where you just let it all hang out. And uh, you know what? You take a handful of, of Tylenol or whatever. And you go out there and you do the best you can, and uh, and they're going to run him. They're going to do whatever, whatever it takes to win this game, and he's going to be a big part of it, in my opinion. Yeah, you, you lay it all on the line. He said that today as well that you are going to, you know, he's willing to do whatever it takes, like you said, to to win this game. And I don't think anything will hold him back. He'll have the uh, adrenaline pumping as well as maybe I don't know, shoot him up with something uh, to make take the pain away, whatever it is. So 
Uh, you would expect JJ McCarthy, who is who's a warrior type of kid, just like Blake Corum, who's up there. You know, you could tell he got stitches a couple weeks ago. I think he was bleeding again after the game on on Saturday against Maryland. All these guys right now, you know, Blake's probably not a hundred percent, but he's as he's as healthy as he's been going into one of these in a while. So these guys are going to do everything in their power to uh, come out with this win. And I thought Doug Karsh had a really good comment over on uh, the Wolverine.com with our uh, from the broadcast booth segment that John Borton does every week. That basically every game is like its own its own child, and the coaches parent differently uh, by the game. And I thought it was a good way to put it. Uh, and it's kind of something we've been saying, you know, going into some of these bigger games, leading into Penn State, coming out of the Maryland game. You know, Michigan's going to have a different game plan for Ohio State. They've been focusing on Ohio State at times throughout the year, throughout the off season. You work on them in fall camp, so they've got some stuff up their sleeve, I would imagine, and you know that's going. So that's makes it kind of easy to move on from the Maryland game, even though it was a, you know, you still come out with a win, but they're going to have some stuff for JJ McCarthy, I think, to be very, very involved in you know both the run and the pass game, and they need him to play well to win. They absolutely do. Uh, other injuries of note, again, I think we kind of all know that Michael Baird appears to be fine. I mean, that's going to be one he'll probably, uh, like Chris says, maybe. Uh, take a handful of Tylenol or shoot him up with something. He's got that AC joint sprain in his shoulder, but doesn't seem like to be a big issue. I think we all expect Ladarius Henderson to be back. That seemed precautionary last week. Roman Wilson uh, seems like he'll be good to go as well. So, I mean, in terms of bodies, uh, Michigan has, you know, again, you knock on wood here on Monday, has avoided the the Blake Corum type of injury like they had uh, going into last year's game. But uh, we'll see what happens. Uh Full week of practice ahead. Some of those injuries, uh, we talked to Ladarius Henderson last week, and then he was injured later in the week. So you never know what happens. But again, uh, given that this is a championship game, Big Ten East titles on the line, uh, it's for the right to go play Iowa next weekend in Indianapolis. And this is a de facto playoff game for them because I don't know that a one-loss Big Ten team is sneaking into this playoff. But maybe we'll talk about that a little bit later. Uh, Any other thoughts, fellas, from what we heard on Monday? No, it was pretty boring, frankly, and I'm good with that because if you're dealing with some kind of, oh, my God, he said this or he said that, then you know what? You have to go on every radio show and talk about what he said and why he said it, so on and so forth. Um, These guys know what they're doing. So we got nine minutes of Jim Harbaugh, and there were some people, some of the beat writers behind me complaining about it. I'm like, that's absolutely perfect. You know what? Let's get him in, get him out, get Sharon Moore in and out here. Sharon Moore's got an opportunity here, fellas, on Saturday. Could you even imagine? Uh if an interim coach were to beat uh, third base, man, <laughs> uh, all the all the pressure, all the pressure is on this guy, right? Uh, you go out and allegedly, you know, your your family allegedly hires a PI. Jordan Hacker, one of the Michigan regents, suggested that basically in a tweet. So we've said it many times. Michigan believes it, um, and they are investigating that. And so you got all this stuff here to, to switch that narrative. And uh, you know, it was my mistake. Um, to, to sit there and look at uh, Brian Day last year and the way he handled the loss and think, okay, you know what, he, it's classy, you know, the way he handled it and so on and so forth. I should have known better. Buckeye's going to Buckeye, fellas. Yeah. Uh, let me read Jordan Acker's tweet today. He says, he's Michigan region, says, go blue, Michigan versus everybody, beat Ohio, third base. Those are all hashtags. Somebody says, wait, you guys are playing the Ohio Bobcats this weekend? He says, do they hire PIs because they can't beat you? Wine to the commissioner to enact extraordinary measures without precedent or nah, uh, that has taken off, as you would imagine. Um, and boy, Jordan. Yeah, I got to so- tell you, this guy, uh, the Regents, you know what, the administration, uh, they've really gone to bat for Jim. Everybody's like, oh, why don't they, haven't they signed him yet, so on and so forth. And it seems like every time they try, something else comes out, maybe something leaks. It's almost like a coordinated plot, right? Uh, no, but they just do not want Jim Harbaugh here, you know? And uh, so you have to be careful. It doesn't mean they're not going to sign Jim Harbaugh. And, uh, you know, but what came out in those player interviews was was damaging. And when you do that and, and you get that, um, when you have an investigation, they're, they're going to there's going to be some things that leak out. You know, as we talked to uh, a source today, they said it does not look like any coach. Other coaches have been implicated at this point and uh, they are not conducting any more interviews with players this week. So it looks like they're in the clear for a while. But, you know, some of the crap being thrown out there uh, just needs to be silenced. And I'll say this, if they beat Ohio State, it's going to be a hell of a lot easier for Michigan to sign him, uh, Harbaugh again, get him back for the championship game. I would love to see that, man. Uh, I would love to see it. And if the NCAA tries to crack down on them, I'd love to see a lawsuit and, and make those guys go away. And this is not just because, okay, 
that's they're picking on Michigan, so on and so forth. It's because of everything that we know that goes on out there. And they have made this, this into the biggest scandal in their opinion in NCAA history. This is absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. Anyone who says that is, is absolutely crazy. Um, Yeah. There's serious. There's a lot of, you know, backdrop to this game when it comes to that standpoint, obviously I, I will say, I mean, I don't know that Ryan Day can survive losing to Sharon Moore on Saturday. I mean, maybe you keep him, he'd be 11-1. and one. I don't think the loser of this game's getting a mulligan this year. I don't think that's going to happen, although we didn't think last year that was going to happen. Nobody thought they had any chance. And Ryan Day talked about how the, the building was dark, you know, early that next week. And then they had a chance, you know, with, uh, you know, the way some other teams lost, USC being the bi- biggest example. So you never know, I guess. But I think you lose this one if you're Ryan Day. You're not getting into the playoff. At the same time, there's pressure on Sharon Moore. I mean, Michigan hasn't played its best football when when he's been there, and it's more about Jim Harbaugh not being there. You know, you don't envy necessarily Sharon Moore having to to juggle everything he's having to juggle right now. But I think you know there's a burden on his shoulder as well. The fact that he's got to get this team over the finish line here, they got to end with a bang, um, and that you know if it if he loses, no one's going to blame him specifically. But I think people are going to look at the situation and and kind of wish things were differently. They already do. Um, but you know, he's got a lot riding on this as well. And I wrote about this on Sunday. I mean, make no mistake about it. There is, there is pressure on Michigan because this is the game that you prepare for all season long. You put in the beat Ohio drills, you put in the beat Georgia drills for moments like this. And I still feel like, and we'll, we'll preview the game later on this week, but I feel like this pressure is going to bring out pressure. The last few years has brought out the best in Michigan. Whereas on the other side of the rivalry, it's kind of been you know, cracked and, and brought the house down, so to speak. So, I mean, m- make no mistake about it. Sharon Moore, like you don't want to be known as the guy that let one slip through your fingers. Although a lot of people would say, oh, well, you know, Michigan got railroaded and Jim Harbaugh wasn't there. There might be some validity to that. But the, the fact is, is that Michigan's favored coming into this game. And I do think that, you know, given everything that's gone on still, all of the pressure to me or the vast majority of it is on Ryan day and the Buckeyes who I wrote about this. A lot of people obviously believe they were at the center of how these allegations against Michigan emerged. And again, right or wrong doesn't exonerate Michigan. If there were rules broken, which we still don't even don't even know if that was really the case either, but you know, it's, it's been a fan base and a program that have, have used this last month as a coping mechanism because when things don't go their way, it's it's always been, oh, well, the universe is against us. And something like there's no way we could have failed something. There must have been some extenuating circumstance. And like I said yesterday, I mean, when you flip on the film, Michigan's won the last two years because it due in large part because I think they've had maybe not better players, but players who have stepped up in bigger ways in the big moments. And then when push came to shove, Michigan took a bat to their skull the last two years so to me i mean like i said i I don't know that ryan day is in danger of getting fired if they lose this game but i mean it's gonna be an all-time maybe come up and isn't the right word or maybe it is the right word if he loses and his self-proclaimed toughest team on the block lost to essentially jim harbaugh's understudy coming off the month that they've had coming off a draining a few weeks that they've had so to me, I look at this game and I, I really do feel like there shouldn't be any pressure on Michigan. I mean, they are the Big Ten champions two years in a row. They're favored to do it a third time in a row still. So all these people, all these arguments are, oh, is Michigan going to be up for the challenge or are they, are they going to be able to get up for this? Are they healthy enough for this? To me, I mean, the shoe's on the other foot. That team has to come up here and play again. And that's, I don't know that that's great news for them. Yeah, and that's a, they might send them back to first base, right? So we got a super chat here, guys. I think we need to get to DT. Yeah, let's let's My get man to that DT. Here. from Derek Thomas. Uh, he says, "How realistic is it that Michigan was holding back plays and looks in a closer than expected Maryland game?" One hundred percent realistic. They look at the last two years. They they were sequencing plays against Ohio State that they hadn't done all year. If you look. For example, and, and somebody told me about this today, Josh Gaddis, uh, when he was here, he said in 2021, yeah, this is what you do all year long. You start you're looking for tendencies, and then you start looking for things that you haven't done all year, and then you do them. And, and two things come to mind, J.J. McCarthy coming in 
as a true freshman. Uh, and instead of running, throws a bullet down the sideline to Roman Wilson, right? And then on the next play, they run a flea flicker. And you've got Mike Sanders still running wide open. So things like that. Um, absolutely. Everybody looks at one game. Uh, we can go – I can go back 10 or 15 years, and you can go back and look at the game before the game, whether it's Michigan-Indiana, whether it's Ohio State-Maryland twice, where I think it was a one-touchdown game and then another game they should have lost and they came out and pummeled Michigan the week a week later, it makes has no bearing on what's going to happen in this game. Uh, we can go back to 1995 when Tamanga Biaka Batuka ran all over Ohio State when Michigan hadn't – they'd been good that year running the ball, but not like that. So uh, there are going to be different looks and things that they do. There are going to be wrinkles, not just, you know, airing it out on, you know, downs that they don't normally air it out. There are going to be things that are wrinkles in the run game that uh, they've been saving for this year. Uh, John Cooper did it brilliantly. In 1999, he still lost but uh, against Tom Brady, but uh, they ran, I think, like a little fullback trap or something like that so many times um, that Michigan hadn't seen all year. And I think they ran for 200-something yards, and they still lost. But that's what this game's all about, fellas. And right before he died, Bo Schembeck, where the last press conference that he ever did, he said, uh, when they said, do you, do you prepare for Ohio State during the season? He said, every day, every day. And I've never forgotten that, and that's exactly what they're still doing today. It's yeah. a great question, Derek. It is a great question. There's no question uh, that that's what they do. Jim Harbaugh has been notorious for this throughout his career. And then you've seen some of the most elite game plans I've seen, you know, one game um, in, you know, really watching football in some of these games. I mean, 2015, it didn't go their way and they couldn't get a stop. But I liked what they were doing early on in the game. 2017, even with John O'Corn back there, I mean, just uh, everything, you know, it was put together and he missed a couple throws. But um, quite a few, you know, obviously, as we know, but that was there. Um, the 2021, I mean, you even think of the first touchdown the week before they're using Donovan Edwards all over the field. Then they motion him out. And next thing you know, AJ Henning's got the ball running around the other end. So, I mean, they do that. They put stuff on film throughout the year. And it felt like at times this year too, I, I think of early on in the Purdue game as, as one big example recently that I've thought of. Um, but they've kind of, like let it all hang out there. Use use some of these wrinkles that we're talking about, or you know some of the different things they can do stuff of, off of in this game, and then they'll dial it way back. And I think we saw it dialed way back against Maryland. I think we also saw probably the team, uh, you know, take the foot off the gas a little bit. You're up 20 points. You know, Roman Wilson maybe he could have come back, but it's like oh no, we'll rest him, and you know all this stuff kind of comes together. And then give Maryland credit for not giving up, continuing to fight uh, and playing well. So like you said, I mean, I you kind of throw out the result at this point. You got the win. You move on. Even if they would have lost that game, it wouldn't have really impacted their chances for the Big Ten championship or the college football playoff as long as you win this weekend. So um, the, the only interesting part of that is this year is completely different because you're not going to have your head coach. Um, so that kind of adds an element like was it more about that and is that what this team is without Harbaugh or was it just kind of one of those games? So that's still kind of the lingering question that uh, we won't really know. Uh, and even Saturday, we may not find out. But it all comes down to how they come out on, on Saturday in this game. And it's all forward thinking now, you know, not looking back at the rest of the year. Yeah. We talked about this at one point in the car, either Saturday or Sunday, where thank God this game is in Ann Arbor, because if the, the locations were reversed, I think that's uh, that might be bigger trouble. But I do think the fact that you're coming off two weeks where you've survived everything. Now it's two straight Fridays where there's been a giant plot twist right before you get on the plane or as you get off the plane, um, you know, you're, you're away from home. Everything's uncertain, but to be home this week and to have a crowd, I mean, I feel like as special as that crowd was in 2021, I really do think the atmosphere this weekend has a chance to be an all time Michigan atmosphere. So better hear some booze, um, man. Better hear some booze starting at game day. Those guys can get the hell out of town, except for Desmond, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> we'll see what happens. Uh, we have a new advertiser this week, fellas. Uh, our friends over at Factor uh, this holiday season, you might be looking for nutritious, convenient meals to keep you energized on jam-packed days. We certainly are no strangers to that. A lot of jam-packed days for us over the last several weeks. So check out our friends at Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal delivery service. They can help you fuel up for breakfast, lunch, and dinner with chef-prepared, dietitian approved ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door. They sent us a, uh, I got a huge box of meals last week. I've um, enjoyed a couple of those, a couple smoothies as well. I did have one for dinner tonight. It was the potato leek mash and grilled chicken. Mm. Absolutely outstanding. You're going to save time. You're going to eat well, and you're going to stay on track with your healthy lifestyle 
all while tackling your holiday to-do list, or in our case, our football to-do list. So skip the stress of meal prep over the holidays with Factor. Choose from 35-plus weekly flavor-packed, fresh, never-frozen meals that support a healthy lifestyle and meet your meal preferences, all delivered right to your door and ready to eat in two minutes. So uh, there are calorie-conscious options over the holidays as well. Um, Again, most of them, I think everything I was sent was around 500 calories or less. And you know, you've awesome. got your meat, you've got your potatoes, you've got, uh, you know, they're pretty filling. The vegetables are in there as well. And you can, you're able to sort of go in there and uh, customize what you want out of the experience. So head over to factormeals.com slash Wolverine 50 and use promo code Wolverine 50 to get 50% off. That's code Wolverine 50 at factormeals.com slash Wolverine 50 for 50% off. Get factor and enjoy eating well without the hassle. Simply choose your meals and enjoy fresh, flavor-packed food delivered right to your door. It's ready in just two minutes. No prep, no mess. So thank you to Factor for signing on with us. Uh, and the stuff is tremendous. I mean, I uh, can't wait. It's yeah. So I, I, you know everyone- what? God, that's right. My last month has been hell, guys. I've been as we know, we've all been chained to our desks, and I've been keeping McDonald's here in business. So uh, it's probably not good for the heart. All right. Well, shout out to our friends at Factor. I want to take this $5 super chat here from Devin Scott. says, what is the most practical disadvantage of Harbaugh not coaching this game? Is it likely Moore has to make decisions that they didn't plan for? Jim Harbaugh is one of the best coaches in football for a reason, right? And whether it's when he's on the sidelines, he sees things because he's played so much football at every level that other guys don't see. And I remember a few years ago when he said, you know, on the sidelines and he goes to the offensive coordinator and says, why don't we both start blocking the safety like this? And I think that'll open things up in the run game. And you've seen that uh, from him. So people saying, well, it doesn't matter on game day. It absolutely matters. That's when it matters the most, right? When you're in, in a chess match here and maybe you're seeing some things and you have to make adjustments. That's what Bo Schembechler and his staff always used to do so brilliantly. Jerry Hanlon, right? And why they've been so good in the second halves of games. Um, that's a hundred percent of the head coach or not a hundred percent, but a lot of the head coach and a guy that's been playing in so many games. Uh, I can't tell you how many times I thought, wow, that's a brilliant wrinkle. And then you go back and you think, okay, uh, you know, whether it's a counter or a misdirection or something that they, they just adjust slightly to, to hit a big play. Remember Sione Huma, uh, a quick hitter to Sione every now and then when when people were, weren't expecting it. Uh, that was Jim Harbaugh. So that's what they're missing, Devin. Uh, there's no question about it. And as good as Sharon Moore is, uh, he just doesn't have that same experience. I still think Sharon Moore is a, a great up-and-coming young coach. And, you know, all this talk about, well, they didn't look good against Penn State. They did exactly what they needed to do against Penn State. Uh, J.J. McCarthy didn't look good. He Was was he 7 of 8 or something like that? Mm -hmm. He only missed missed one pass. They didn't need to throw the ball. And uh, so, um, but, yeah, that's where – that's to me where you miss a guy like this, especially in a big game and a calming presence and a guy who says he never gets nervous on the sidelines. I would imagine Sharon's a little bit nervous down there and some of the other guys as well. Yeah, it'd be hard, hard not to be. I'll say two areas that that kind of stand out, and it's a small sample size, so it's hard to say exactly. And like you said, Chris, kind of that Penn State game, and maybe that was the, the route to go anyway. And maybe Harbaugh would have kept kept doing that, just kept running the football, um, you know, and it, because it was working and, and they didn't feel the threat of the Penn State offense. But it does feel like he's been a little bit more conservative play calling on on first downs, lack of throws there. And again, JJ was a little dinged up last week too, so you know it's not all you know, apples to apples here comparison. Um, but seemed a little more conservative there, a little more conservative on some third down play calls as well. Uh, and then the second thing is just kind of, you know, there are some times where he's paying attention to what the defense is doing or whatever. He not only has the offensive line to worry about, but, you know, sometimes you need that time while the defense is on the field to talk to the other coaches, make those adjustments, you know, find out what everybody's seeing, talk to a Trevor Keegan or exact center. Hey, how are they lined up or, you know, what are they doing? What kind of stunts are they running? That sort of thing. So you can get all the information. It seems like he's maybe pressed for time a little bit down there. I was on the field for the Penn State game, and there were some times during the defensive possessions where he's just sitting over there with the O-line. So I think he's trying to manage that, but it's just hard to do. It's a lot to do. Um, and you, you got to make sure the other coaches are are helping him out, which it seems like they are. So that's a big positive as well. You got guys like Mike Hart calling the timeouts. You got Jesse Minter running the defense. So it's going to be all hands on deck this weekend. You're also down a linebackers coach as well, which hurts. Um, so it, you just got to, you know, make do with what you have at this point. But I think it definitely is a disadvantage. 
competitive yeah, disadvantage, thing. as they would say. Hmm. Hmm. Have heard that term a lot lately. I wonder. I think this one's a lot easier to quantify. Um, yeah, I mean, it changes everything operationally. You just see, uh, and again, it's, to a certain extent, has the offense been playing possum the last few weeks? I mean, yes and no. I think in Penn, you know the Penn State game, I think the game plan was, hey, let's get out to a lead, and then we just get to pin our ears back, and we can run the football because we know they're not going to score. Maryland a little more dangerous than that, and and credit to Maryland. I mean, they played they played their rear ends off. Usually, typically November, we see them kind of wilt away, but uh, those guys deserve credit for hanging there as well. And but at one point, Michigan was up twenty three to three last week and had a chance to go up thirty to I believe what thirty to ten thirty to ten at the half. You throw a pick in the end zone, and all of a sudden you're you're back in the game. So got to avoid those self inflicted wounds. But uh, yeah, everyone has to take on just a little bit more. Uh, before we move into the questions part of our show, because I think, you know, thir- when we do the the preview show later this week, it's going to kind of revolve around the matchup itself. But I want to look at this from a little wider angle of a lens. Um, no, I think, as we said earlier, Saturday is basically a playoff game. And I don't think that this Michigan team with a loss and without a conference championship appearance is going to get that benefit of the doubt from the committee. I think the, the quote-unquote bubble this year is just a little bit stronger with teams like Oregon, Texas, Alabama's lingering. Florida State lost Jordan Travis over the weekend, and you know now it seems like the committee might hold that against them in terms of you know are they one of the four best teams or not, which I still think is crap. You know you win the games on your schedule, do what you got to do, but um, this bubble behind them is not quite as weak as last year. So for better or worse, guys, Saturday is a playoff game, and essentially mm-hmm. I. I if Iowa takes care of business this weekend, they stay ranked. Next week almost becomes a, I don't want to say you could you could afford to lose a Big Ten title, but this this one Saturday is a big is a college football playoff game essentially. Yeah, and the bubbles not, but you know what? There's still a lot of football to be played. That's the crazy part about yeah. this. I mean, two games, you know, either way, uh, you know, you could have a, a team lose a couple games because these are games are tough now, right? These are rivalry games. These are games, championship games. Um, and we can argue the merits of a, of a championship game. I think those are going to be going the way of the Dodo at some point, too, even though they're money makers, right, uh, with super conferences and stuff like that. Either that or super conferences are going to expand so that the, the, those games really mean a lot more um, because you're going to have two really elite teams. But, yeah, to me, it, um, we don't really know yet, but it certainly seems that way. It certainly seems that there are, are better teams, right? If you look at Washington and Oregon, if you look at the ones that you mentioned, I think I think that's true, and, and and the biggest thing to me is that Michigan's not getting the benefit of the doubt from anybody, fellas. The way that pe- teams have been ham- hammering them, and and the way the talking heads have been talking about them, so they need to win this football game. Uh, I think they have a great chance to do that. It's going to be tough, uh, as Clay was talking, saying this weekend. You know, without Jim Harbaugh, man, uh, it is a big deal. People don't think really realize that, but I do think they'll be pumped up for this one. It is nice that there's a little bit of a reprieve from the NCAA crap, and they're going to have their families in town for Thanksgiving. So uh, they're going to be fired up for this game, fellas. And uh, but this is one they definitely have to have. I don't see I don't see Iowa quite scoring enough points uh, on them to beat them if they do make it to the championship game. Just call me crazy. You know, there are only so many only so many safeties in a game possible <laughs> sometimes two safeties in a game but even that even then it's only four points and right. yeah i mean it would be an uphill battle i would be interested to see what the the line would be or, or what it's going to be when it's iowa against either michigan or ohio state next weekend but yeah you're right i mean we look at it now and i think there's there's a small chance that the loser of this game gets in the playoff but i mean oregon could lose to oregon state on friday washington mm-hmm. could lose to oregon which is would already be eliminated you know, in the Pac-12 championship, I think one loss really hurts them there. Florida State, they're getting in if they go undefeated and stay undefeated, but it's going to be hard to stay undefeated the last two weeks without Jordan Travis. Um, you know, Alabama could be eliminated by Georgia. Uh, Texas is is still there, obviously, um, but they have a loss and, and they could lose. So there's a chance, uh, but yeah, it's do or die. And that's why we can argue all we want about, you know, does Ryan Day have the more pressure or does Michigan have more pressure? I mean, there is like 100% the amount of pressure you could have basically for both teams. Maybe Ryan Day has like the 101, or maybe Michigan's at 99 and Ohio State's at 100. But there's so much pressure. There's so much on the line for this Michigan season as a whole. Take everything else away from it. Um, and that's what makes this so fun. All you can really ask for a lot of the time you know, going into this week is come in, and if you, you know, 
come into the Ohio State game with a chance to win and move on to Indy. Michigan's been able to have that opportunity, uh, I think, five of eight years under Jim Harbaugh that they've played Ohio State, including this one. Uh, six of eight, you had some sort of mathematical chance coming into the day. You needed some help elsewhere. So they've done a good job of that. In the last two years, they've taken advantage, and they're going to need a similar effort. And this one, guys are going to have to be special. The atmosphere is going to have to be special, and I think you know Michigan's capable of that. For sure. And I think that's the best part about the fact that we do have this 12-team playoff coming is that, mm -hmm. yeah, there's a lot of football still to play now and a lot of things just sort out on the field. But then when you when you open the field up um, and you're just getting more good football games with, with these stakes on the line, uh, it's going to be a fun time. So I wanted to just kind of take a quick look at that. I, I would assume when the playoff rankings come out tomorrow night, it's going to look like they have. Georgia will be rightfully, I think, at number one. They're starting mm -hmm. to hit their stride and look like Georgia has uh, Ohio state will be two Michigan will be three. It'll be interesting to see what they do with that four spot. I assume it's still going to be Florida state. Um, it'd be a weird precedent to set to lower a team that won even, you know, with its quarterback getting injured, Ohio state in 2014 won a national title with its third string quarterback. So obviously um, it'll be interesting. They seem to change their criteria every year, but yeah, it's a playoff game this weekend. It's going to be a lot of fun to be at a lot of fun to cover. Um, fellas, moving to questions. Sound like a good good plan? Let's go. Let's do this. This one is from Race Blythe, who says, I think there is a significant issue with Harbaugh out. However, I think at the same time, the players will play the game for him. Also, my concern is the offensive line. How are we looking there? Fair questions. Uh, yeah, they're, they're going to want to play for him. Uh, more than anything, they want to play for them and to beat Ohio State for all of them, right? And so that's what it comes down to. Uh, three in a row would be epic. It would be fantastic. First time since when, Clay? I think 95 to 97. Is that there right? you go. So um, the concern is the offensive. Yeah, I think we're all concerned about the offensive line. But the thing is, we've seen Carson Barnhart, for example, not to pick on him, play better than he has. Uh, you have to wonder maybe if there's a lingering issue there. Guys are getting off the ball awfully fast on his side, too. I don't know maybe if there's something with the snap count that they need to look at, especially for this game. But Carson Barnhart more than held his own in this game. Ladarius Henderson uh, is going to have to pick it up uh, because, you know what, uh, you cannot leave J.J. McCarthy out there uh, to get hit. Uh, it just can't happen. If he goes down, guys, this game is pretty much history, right, with all due respect to Jack Tuttle. So, um, yeah, uh, but this is one of those games, too, where it's a manhood game, as one of my buddies likes to say. I want to see them pushing guys off the ball. And I think it's possible. Again, I really do. I think these guys have another gear. They got to get mean. They got to get nasty. Uh, you got Trevor Keegan and Zach Zinter who are playing their last Ohio State games, fellas. And we know that they, these guys can move guys. So, um, I to me, it's a, it's a huge test for them. But I really feel, I still feel they have another gear here. Uh, are we a little concerned? Absolutely. And I think it's fair. Uh, there's no question about that. Yeah, you got to be a little concerned about, especially the pass protection with this group run blocking seems like it's been a little bit better lately but still not the big holes i mean there was uh, last week at maryland there were a couple of holes that were that were kind of there but like blake corn wasn't even you know skinny enough to get through them like he was kind of getting you know even hit by his own guy because it was just such a small hole so you got to uh you got to open that up you got to be able to get to the second level get the push that you need in this game be able to wear them down maybe as the game goes on we saw that last year i mean they were really they pivoted early on in that game, their game plan to throw the football. Now you got to be able to protect to do that, especially with some of the deep balls. But I think they're going to get more creative with play action, could neutralize some guys a little bit, a pass rush, use a Samaj Morgan type, you know, in some of the short passing game, that sort of thing. So use everything you have to your advantage, have a great game plan. I think that's going to help out Carson Barnhart and the rest of these guys that have been struggling a little bit. Um, but yeah, sounds like Ladarius will go and uh, they'll be all hands on deck there and Hinton could even be available as well. So you need to uh, need to make sure you got your bodies there, and it sounds like they will. And then you you take your shot, and also protect your signals, fellas. Go to the wristbands because allegedly Ohio State had Michigan signals last year from Rutgers, and uh, and so did Purdue from Ohio State. So there's a little bit of a racket going on there. Uh, we've seen that hasn't gotten a whole lot of pub in the in the uh, press, but uh, you know what? When Michigan, that's the thing. When Michigan, when it's happening to Michigan, they just go to wristbands and they say, you know what? It's part of the game. So they aren't looking for excuses. And they've been huddling you know, all year, which yeah, is interesting. Absolutely. Yeah. It's it it's funny. Um, most teams when they get got is what the football people call it. They just say, Oh shit. Well, okay, we'll figure out go to wristbands or we'll change a call here. But 
Yep. Um, there seems to be only one school in particular that cries over spilled milk when it comes to that, but we'll see where it goes. Yeah. I certainly think, you know, we talk about the offensive line, quick game is going to be huge. Donovan Edwards in the passing game, Samaj Morgan, all of a sudden uh, you, know, you call him an X factor, but all of a sudden, you know, he's already one of their most, uh, maybe valuable is not the word, but he's become an important part of this offense. And I think Saturday is a game where a guy like that can really make an impact as well. Go to this one from Jeremy who says, do you think that Moore and Campbell need to have a new plan with JJ regarding with how they communicate with him throughout the game? Since Jim hasn't been on the sidelines, he appears to be off. Had nothing to do. Penn state had nothing to do with him being off. They couldn't protect him, And that's why they changed their game plan. Those guys were getting off the edge so quickly. He had no time to do anything and he still completed seven of eight passes. Right. And then he had the one PI. So I don't think that has anything to do with it. Um, in terms of last game, he was hurt. Uh, the guy was out there, you know, playing through a lot of pain. So I don't think there's anything wrong with him. The, the decision uh, at the goal line was terrible. He had two or three bad passes. Uh, he hasn't had that, as Sharon Moore said, since the Bowling Green game. So I think this is the time when he shines. I think you're going to see it on Saturday um, in terms of, uh, you know what, and when you lose Roman Wilson too, let's not, let's not forget that, fellas, early in the game like they yes. did. That's huge because there is nobody, uh, nobody else like him on this team. Cornelius Johnson needs to start stepping up, man. Uh, the, the long pass everybody's going to put on JJ. He did not turn his head until the ball was almost right on them, right on him. He could have started adjusting to that pass much earlier than he did. You need your fifth-year guy to step up like he did in last year's game. Having Roman Wilson back will be huge, and he will be back. Uh, and then the tight ends, guys, uh, to me are going to be huge in this game coming up too. long-winded answer to a question. I hope I answered it, but I really don't think JJ McCarthy is going to be a problem. Yeah. Tyler Morris had a drop in that game too. So, I mean, there were, there were plays out there that weren't all just on JJ. I mean, he made a couple questionable decisions, but I mean, that's going to happen throughout the course of a year and he's been on point in, in the bigger games, it seems like. So not overly worried about that. I don't really think that the communication is, is all that different on the sideline than what they were doing when Harbaugh's there. As JJ said today, uh, Jim gives him, you know, a piece of advice here and there. Like, you know, it's kind of words in passing as he's coming on the field, off the field, that sort of thing. But he's on the phone with Kirk Campbell, who's up in the box. He's talking to Sharon Moore, you know, in between series and all that anyway. And the rest of the staff members, I mean, he's got he's got J.D. Johnson with him. It seems like at all times on the sideline, they got the routine. I don't think it's all that different, um, but obviously it hurts not to have Harbaugh. But I don't think you'd make any drastic changes. Yeah, the one thing about Cornelius Johnson, who kind of uh... – I sort of, I don't want to say bullied him last year, but I was player of the week, Xandro Anthony, right? That was the the bit every single week. The one thing I've learned about Cornelius is that typically where he has a game or a stretch where he's made a lot of mistakes, uh, he tends to pay that back with interest. So that's going to be something worth watching on Saturday. And the other thing that we, I think we've kind of learned about JJ too, is that when he does have a, a stretch where he's not playing well, he kind of tends to vomit all of his mistakes out into one game. And then, Next week, you maybe get the the best version of him. And sadly, last year, uh, the TCU game, you didn't get to play a game the next week, but still kind of uh, played a big role in bringing them back in that one. So again, I have very little concern about that as well. The concern is more about his health, but mm-hmm. operationally, who's talking to him, who's saying what? It doesn't seem like that's changed right. a whole lot. Uh, let's go to this one from, <clears throat> speaking of offensive line injuries, Adam Shepardson wants to know, Miles Hinton ruled out question mark. Uh, no, I that injury Saturday didn't look good, but I don't know how serious it is. And they are, Sharon Moore already said it wasn't that serious. There's no structural damage, and he said today that he could probably be back. So I'm uh, not worried about that one. And Hinton was not going to start anyway. It was going to be Henderson and Barnhart, and then you still have Trente in there as well. So, um, so we got a couple more super chats as well. We do. Uh, this one from Will for 499 says. Just wanted to thank you for all the hard work over the last month. We appreciate the content during this hectic time. Happy Thanksgiving. Oh, well, we are thankful for you, Will. Uh, fellas, would you like to go around the room? Yeah, that's great, man. Thanks for the four ninety nine. That's going to go directly to the beer fund. Um, and maybe, you know, if this kid can, can continues, you know, paying for my trip to the loony bin, guys. But it's been nuts. Uh, and we just appreciate that uh, very much for acknowledging that. It's been uh, these guys have been putting in a lot of work, a lot of hours. Yeah, thank you, Will. Appreciate you and happy Thanksgiving to you and yours. Amen. Yep. Uh, one again from Derek Thomas here says, uh, sorry about that. Uh, 499 uh, from Derek Thomas says, do you think Michigan and coach Harbaugh have evaluated whether coach Moore has too much on his plate during game day? Is there a backup plan? 
That's fair. Uh, you know, because if you look at, you know, everybody's looking at that offensive line and saying they haven't been the same since, you know, he's had to take over, uh, things like that. Um, somebody did add, made a good point uh, today. Is somebody else, can they promote another coach like they did with Rick? Rick Minter obviously replaced Chris Partridge, but can they take another coach and put him in his place to coach? No. So, all right. No. So he's doing double duty. Um, and that is, uh, that's tough. There's no question about it, but I think it was Clay who mentioned that he was over sitting with the offensive line at one point against Penn state when uh, the defense was on the field. So, but these guys are veterans. They don't need to be babysat uh, in my opinion. So I don't think that's an issue. I think right now it's about execution and uh, Sharon and Kirk Campbell really need to uh, their, their priority now is to see what's going on during a game and try to replace Jim Harbaugh, which again is, is really tough when you've got a guy that's, played and seen so much football um it's going to be hard so i i don't think that's a, a part of this i think more than anything it's what you're missing with jim harbaugh and that, that can't be replaced so uh that's just my opinion on that i agree with that and i will say going into the third game in a row with this setup and really the uh you know because sharon was the head coach also for the bowling green game and he had a bigger role in in uh, the game before that and then he was suspended the game before that to start the year but you've gone through this now every week you do it. It's another, you know, learning, uh, you know, experience for them and everything. And I think Harbaugh is always evaluating how things are going, probably asking questions. How did that go? How did you come to that decision? You know, how are things going on the sideline, that sort of thing. So I think they're probably making little tweaks here and there that we wouldn't notice necessarily as well. So I don't think it's a concern that they're totally not worried about it. I, I think they're probably making those tweaks when they, when they deem necessary. Yeah. I see some guy over there saying the infatuation with Cornelius Johnson with this team. There's no infatuation with Cornelius Johnson. We're saying he needs to be better. Uh, if he's talking about us, they need, he needs to step up. That's all there, there is to it. We've seen him make some plays. Uh, doesn't you know? Just because he hasn't doesn't mean he can't. We saw it in last year's game. So come on, man, be better. If anything, we're trying to jinx him so he has a big game. Absolutely, hundred percent reverse jinx. Well, that, well, that's my job. Maybe I'll do that uh, thir- on the Thursday or Wednesday show this well, week. Pick him, pick him, AB. <laughs> Uh, go blue. Well, no, you don't want me to pick them because yeah, that's don't the kiss them. of death. Oh, don't pick them. Don't pick them. Um, go blue nine eighty two. A five dollars super chat asks JJ wasn't great on Saturday, but at least we are not Florida State with Jordan Travis gone. I hope to see my mm. first victory in person over Ohio State. I was at the twenty nineteen game. Cue the vomit. Yeah, I have an interesting streak on the line. Uh, I haven't seen just via circumstance. I haven't seen Michigan football lose a game since the Citrus Bowl against Alabama. That's the last time I was in person for a loss. So, uh, hmm. And I'll be there Saturday, so she will bet accordingly. Yeah, as long as no crazy Ohioan gets to you first. Uh, we might have to hide you out somewhere, right? So that <laughs> <laughs> uh, we aren't going to talk about where you live. Take, take your hat off real quick. And uh, so anyway, no. But, um, yeah, you know what? Here's the thing. You know, Michigan really believed that Ohio State had their signals in 2018 and 2019. Ohio State was putting up crazy numbers. Now, granted, it may they may, may not have been, you know, the most sophisticated signals out there, but uh, it was very clear they knew where to go with the ball, right? Uh, and some people said, yeah, you can go. Uh, they could put the tight end in motion and know what you know what Michigan was go- doing based on how they responded to that. So I think you'll see a little bit better prepared Michigan defense this time around. So um, you know what? Here's hoping, brother. That you uh, that you see a better game on Saturday, I, I have no question that you will. Yeah, I will say too, just to speak to his first sentence there, when Jordan Travis went down on Saturday, obviously it was tough to see, and uh, you know, heart goes out to to him and everything because he's such a great player and fun to watch. But it kind of put things in perspective a little bit. Like FSU, they have no chance now of winning the national championship, in my opinion, Mm-mm. at least. Even though you know they had a chance coming into Saturday, like. What Michigan went through on Saturday, winning by one possession for the first time all season long in 11 games, uh, wasn't that bad. And J.J. being a little bit banged up isn't that bad. He'll be ready to go on Saturday. I have no question. Um, and, yeah, hope uh, hope you uh, go blue 9-8-2 are able to experience the, uh, the victory over Ohio State because you'll get the field storming in there. You'll get uh, just an electric atmosphere. They'll be playing pump it up. It should be fun as long as Michigan's scoring and winning. Yeah, I mean, Saturday was finally one of those famous oh shit games that I always talk about. So it's going to happen. Uh, first one of the year comes in the 11th game. The not, not too shabby. Not too That's shabby. Kinda, it's kind of nuts. Uh, yellow shirt guy for nine ninety nine. <laughs> of course, a yellow banner here. 
Fat guy in a yellow shirt. That goes back to the Doug Skeen uh, being on the sidelines at Penn State. Some guy chanting at him, fat guy in a yellow shirt. All Skeen could do is turn around and nod at him and say, good one. So chicken sandwiches for Thanksgiving, man, right? Uh, We had chicken sandwiches in the box at Maryland. Uh, Chick-fil-A, I think I had three of them. I still have a piece of bacon lodged right here. Uh, My detox is coming between Thanksgiving and Christmas. It has been one hell of a month covering this story. But uh, thanks for the $9.99 yellow shirt guy. You are uh, a gem, man. We appreciate you very much. Yeah, get Ohio State. What's the best chicken sandwich in town that they could get on their way out of town before they hit the bus? There's Uh, no Chick-fil-A in Ann Arbor, I think. There's no Chick-fil-A in Ann Arbor, which is ridiculous. I need to start a petition or something like that. Um, Yeah. Good, good, uh, great comment. Appreciate you, yellow shirt guy. Love the moniker there, and uh, keep commenting. We need more of it. Awesome, that's great. Uh, I have time for a few more uh, from our buddy Josh Bernberg, who says best show on YouTube. Shout out Tretton here, Anthony. Nice hat. Looking for the West Bloomfield boys to have a big game. Samaj, Makari, and Dono, and I think all of that's on the table. Yeah, Trenton. Uh, you know, Anthony is not from Trenton. Anthony is from uh, Monroe. Well, don't Buckeyes. Oh, I'm sorry, or somewhere. You know, somewhere else. So, get anyway. uh, looking for the West Bloomfield boys. Me too, man. I like Samaj. I like Samaj a ton, man. He's got some dog in his game. Uh, and those guys have all been great. I'm ready for Donovan Edwards to have a big game uh, in the passing game. That's where I think his strength is. And as somebody said, let's split him out a little bit more, get him and Coram out on the, on the field at the same time. This is the game where you really have to have your guys, uh, you know, play more snaps if they need to, your elite players. Uh, that's where you're going to win this ball game. So, Man, Michigan Ohio State week, fellas. Hard to believe it's only Monday. I know. I, I think Donovan, the, the way they've used him, well, really last week was uh, very vanilla. I think there's there's more there. Be going with a lot of double tight ends, so you got to find a way still to find Don, get Donovan on the field with Blake and all that. And they've been kind of teasing that that Donovan Kalel Mullings package as well. I'm interested to see what they have, uh, what's in store for that on Saturday as well. But Samaj Morgan, think of this: Purdue game. That offense was in a complete rut. He gets him out of it with an end-around touchdown. Maryland game, huge touchdown on an end-around as well. This one, 13 yards. So he's been kind of the guy, as Jim Harbaugh says, one of these guys that makes the magic happen when you need it to happen. And uh, so, I mean, you know, Samaj Morgan, easily the the MVP out of the freshman this year on this team. And thank you, Josh, for the question. He's a West Bloomfield guy, I believe, as well, and uh, and a fantastic gentleman who uh, follows us over at the Wolverine. Thanks, Josh. Yes, thank you, Josh. Uh, Go Blue 982 with a two dollar uh, super chat. Is game day at Ann Arbor? U of M should bar them. I think they're at. I think I saw Ferry Field. So if you're yeah. someone not Pioneer say, I, I like know, they usually are, interesting. Well, yeah, Fox. Will Big Noon will be at Pioneer. So yeah. they can put them down. You know what? They should put them in Ypsilanti, as far as I'm concerned. And like I said, everybody's saying, "Oh, boycott them." No, because then you're going to have a bunch of Buckeyes. You know. Oh, that's, over there taking over the set now just go over there and, and boo loudly uh, is what i would encourage uh with the exception of desmond then you cheer him but uh man desmond is the only one only guy worth watching on that show anymore love des uh we're gonna take the last one here uh close the queue with this question from ken thompson which is what happens to ryan day if he loses to michigan's offensive coordinator <clears throat> well uh, Ryan, then I think everybody's like, Hey, Ryan day. I think even their, their fans would say Ryan day hired a PI firm to get Jim Harbaugh out, and he still couldn't beat him. He needs to go. I think you see the tide turn against him again. And that's why there's so much pressure on him here. You know, they've changed the narrative with this stupid thing uh, that, Oh, they, you know, we, they had to cheat to beat us, which is such a bunch of bullshit. I'm sorry. They, and last year, this is what people don't realize. And people are not willing to admit and acknowledge is that last year they changed their signs. They said they knew so they changed their signs and they got their asses kicked at home by 22. And it should have been what, Clay? It should have been 29. It was a pity Absolutely. whistle, a scoop and score, a pity whistle, or Michigan hangs 50 on them there. And they freaking had their signs too, according to Michigan. They had a chart, apparently, that they gave to Purdue, that Rutgers and Ohio State gave to Purdue of Michigan signed. And they got their asses kicked. So deal with it. This is a coping mechanism for them. So three in a row, you know what? They might say, you know what? Yeah, they might turn right on him and say, okay, we need to get somebody else. You know, get John Cooper, anybody back here but this guy. Uh, that'd be kind of fun to watch. Like I said, I felt bad for him last year. He looked like a beaten man. Uh, I don't feel bad for him anymore. Third base, crying Ryan. Yeah, do you go uh, 
do you go Urban Meyer again? You know, since he may not take the Michigan State job, I know there was a lot of hope from the Sparties that that was going to happen, which was obviously never going to happen. But I mean, you got to have a replacement lined up. Maybe you go Brian Hartline, or I don't know what you do. Um, obviously, you know, it's an attractive job, certainly. Um, but Ryan Day, man, I think those cheeks would get a lot rosier as he's walking off the field with a, a third straight loss. I think uh, he would, uh, it would be a tough one to deal with. Go back to Columbus and deal with that fan base. I would not want to be in that position if I were him, but hey, he's put himself in this position and he's got to deal with it if he loses three straight. He gets embarrassed in three straight. He's been embarrassed in two in a row. Um, you know, their, their manhood has been questioned, you know, by the Michigan team just with the, the pads and the physicality on the field. So they need to rectify that on Saturday if you're Ohio State. I'll just say this, uh, taking our interests out of it, it's by far the most interesting story if Michigan does beat them with your own war. Um, yeah. And one final question I'd have, and it's not even a question, I just want to know, uh, someone at Michigan who's in charge of sideline passes, what do we got to do to get Lou Holtz down there Saturday? Is there, I mean, yeah, typically typically you kind of shut the door to someone from Notre Dame, but just uh, just park him there so you can see him on the field. <laughs> Jim's got a direct line. He came to signing of the stars. Yeah, that's a good yeah, point. That's a good point. Um, get him down there. Put, him on put a, a headset boy. on him for all I can. Put care. him on a lazy boy right next to Ryan there and let him, uh, you know, <laughs> be fantastic. So, By the way, they need, right, they need Tom Brady to be honorary captain. I know there were rumors of that early on in the year. I think that might happen on Saturday. Why, I no, think that, you don't, that would. You don't really believe that, do you? Michigan's honorary captain? Yeah, you think Tom will be – come on, you're just throwing that out there, right? You don't have any intel. That was – no, that was up on Dave Abloff's video uh, whiteboard behind JJ on the video he did with Fox earlier in the year, and it was a list of all the honorary captains, and you could see, like, Brady at the bottom. I think they were working on it at least, so we'll see. Wow, interesting. That'd be all we right. We got a $20. Super Are you sure it's not Brady Hope? Yeah, that's true. That's good. He always had his, his best game plan ready to go. Ohio! All right, we got a $20 one uh, real yeah. quick from Wolf Gamer who says, thank you for all the great team coverage. I've been feeling like a freeloader so far, so here you go. Go blue. Thanks, man. So much. Man, that, it really it really does mean the world. I mean, mm -hmm. he is, uh, you step into a hornet's nest the second you go on social media or even out in the, out in the wild and people know what your your affiliation is. But uh, it's it's been crazy, and the support has meant the world uh, to huge. us. So we appreciate you guys. Thanks, brother. It's the Wolverine versus the world, but everybody that's for us is for us. So thank you very much. And the jive right. turkeys, jive turkeys can go away. That's right. Well, one last one from Go Blue Nine Eighty Two. I said it two weeks ago. Substitute teacher. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. Uh, yep. We'll see what happens here. But uh, all right, guys, that's going to do it for us. Be sure to like and subscribe uh, to. Oh, there's one more super chat. I can't even get through the outro today. Uh, we love it. Did you see it? Uh, yeah, we got it here. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think uh, you can get that up, can you? Oh, you well, you know, let, let's put it up. We'll just put it up. I'm not going to read it, but we'll put it up. Uh, oh, my. All right. Um, we we can't can't read it. Read it. Thank what you, George. The people who can't see it, do we have to say it? for the people uh, You guys are going to have to check out the video version because I, yeah. I can't read that. I can't read it's it. It's about uh, Paul some... Fein Feinbaum and a dream of, about Nick Saban. Uh, Just so read it, Chris. Anyway. Read it. I will not read it. No, I can't do no, that. No, no, we're not reading that. Uh, be sure to leave. If you think that's funny, leave a like on the video. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Um, I, we're off the rails here. Uh, we can The code promo code UM1 over at On3 will get you two months of access for a dollar. Uh, that's just for our viewers on YouTube. And if you're listening, go on YouTube and see what what we just saw for God's sakes um, for Chris say, Bell's, but I, say, but I will say, yes, I, I do believe that is true. Okay. And that's how we'll end it <laughs> for Chris Bellis for Clayton safety. I'm Anthony broom. Uh, we're thankful for you guys. Happy feast week. We will talk to you again to preview the Ohio state game. Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament, whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. 
Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Fanduel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text NEXTSTEP to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net in West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050-427 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE. NY or text Hope NY in New York.